Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the third season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We hope that you'll check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and find out more about content. Of course, we encourage you to also check out the website at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's program. From time to time on the podcast, we will use Bible classes and sermons that were delivered at the Somerdale Church of Christ in Somerdale, Alabama, or other locations where I've had the opportunity to speak. And so this particular broadcast is one of those sermons from Somerdale. We hope that you enjoy it. Uh, as we spend our time together here in Philippians chapter 3, we're going to really build on some of the stuff that we've already previously talked about. And the idea that we're gaining from our series this month is to see that there is true joy only available from the source. You know, when we begin to start looking around in places, if you've ever had your phone about to die and you start looking for outlets, has that ever happened to you? Where you start looking, you where's the outlet? I got to plug in and I got to plug my phone in. And you start looking and sometimes you'll go to plug it in and the outlet won't work. That happens sometimes in our house. You know, you got to put the little, push the little button because for some reason it's clicked off. We had a guy uh, over next door, they're building a whole bunch of houses from D.R. Horton next to us in a little subdivision. Had a little ding dong on the doorbell and the guy comes up and he's like, I need some help. I said, okay, what you need? He said, I need one of your outlets. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, I got a cordless drill. It just died, and the boss man's going to have my head. I said, it's fine. Plug in. He tried to offer me a $5 bill. I said, no, don't worry about it. Well, sure enough, every day, you know, he came back. Here we go. I said, you don't even have to knock. Just go ahead and plug it in. I looked out there one day, and he had two plugged in. Now, he didn't ask about two, but anyways, the fact is he's over there plugging in. He needed a power source. And for us in our Christian walk, if we've ever found ourselves down in the dumps or discouraged or depressed or full of anxiety, we've got to go back to the source of joy. We've got to get back to where we need to be. We probably remember the moment we first decided to become a New Testament Christian. And we probably remember how excited we were to know that our sins were washed away and that we were walking a new life in Christ. We were probably excited to tell people about the decision that we had made. And through time and experience and trials that we go through, sometimes that fades a little bit. So we want to give us a kickstart here in our time together this month to see what we can do to really have the joy that Paul is speaking of here in the text. So let's begin in verses 1 through 14. And we're going to see, first of all, in our time together this morning, that joy can provide an unstoppable zeal. And we need some zeal today. We need some zeal in the Lord's church. Amen? Got to have some zeal. Listen here to what Paul says. He says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the uh, mutilation. For we are of the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more also circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me... These I have counted for loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of 
Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ and righteousness, which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained or am being perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid a hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press on toward the goal, the prize for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, as I read through these words, I see Paul with emphasis. He's emphatically making an argument for his faith and for his walk and unapologetically talking about how he has this great zeal and passion now for the Lord. And as I read through it, I find myself wanting that same passion, wanting that same desire as I walk my life here on this earth. I want to I want to do better. I want to try harder. I want to be able to reach more people. I want to be more effective in the things that I do. I want to improve every day as I walk with the Lord. Uh, today I, I brought my grandfather's Bible. I'm preaching from it today. And uh, this morning I, I just was flipping through some of the pages and recognized for whatever reason I've had this Bible for 15 years now. And I noticed a prayer in Job that he had written out for our troops. And I was going to mention that this morning. I guess I am mentioning it this morning. But I thought it was amazing that Nathan brought up about Zane. I thought about that all week. And just how awesome it is that we, we know men and women that are training for service and serving our country. And even though that's been quite a while ago, my grandpa wrote out that prayer. He was mindful of the fact that we need to remember those that are using their talents to preserve the freedoms we have in our country today. And so when we begin to listen to other people and we begin to encourage other people, we start seeing things we want to do a little bit better, try a little bit harder. And as my grandfather used to say, help us to be a better Christian tomorrow than we were today. And if we want to do that, listen to some of the things here that are available to us. First of all, when we have unstoppable zeal, it's going to come from the fact that we consider our Lord. Now, Paul starts off chapter 3 as if he sounds like he's wrapping up. You know, preachers do that. So one final point, and then they go on for 20 more minutes. Well, here he says, finally, brethren. He, he sounds like he's wrapping up, but he's still got two chapters to go in our English Bibles. And he begins by talking about his relationship with God, both before and after his conversion to Christ. And we need to begin to look at our life and say, where are we in our walk with God? If we want to have a great relationship with the Lord, if we want to grow in zeal, we got to come better connected to the Lord. Unstoppable zeal comes from one who has considered the Lord first. We're saying, what does God want for my life? What does God have planned for me? Not what do I want, not what would I like to accomplish, but how can God use me to do something for his good? The second thing here is he considers his spirituality. Now, he mentions here that there are some people there in the church that are causing some trouble. And he begins to talk a little bit about some of those issues that they're facing. Uh, he calls them false teachers, which he will use that quite frequently, that term, that phrase. And we need to reason together. We get together, we open our Bible, we begin to study, we begin to read. And as we study and consider the Lord and the Lord's will, we can grow better spiritually. And he is trying to, even though we say, well, this is Paul. 
This is one of the greatest leaders of the kingdom that we've ever known. He still sees his life as one that needs to continue to improve and grow. He needs to grow in his spiritual walk. You never reach a plane, a, a place of your Christian faith that you say, well, I've done all that I can do. I, I've reached the highest possible place that I can as a believer. You won't have that till you get to heaven. We have a role here to fill. We have a purpose in this life. So Paul is sharing with us his zeal, his passion, in hopes that we'll get plugged into the same source of joy and of zeal. The other thing here in verses 3 through 6 is he talks about his past. Now, Paul wasn't afraid to talk about his past. Do you know why he wasn't afraid? Because he knew that if he started off by sharing his faults and his mistakes, it would be more difficult for his enemies. See, Satan has this interesting way of convincing us that we're not good enough that we have done too many things, we've, we've done too many sins, we, have just, we, we are not worthy of a single thing that our Lord has to offer. Well, Paul would say, amen, you know? We all have our faults and our, our past. He says, I, I've considered my past. I've thought about the things I've done. If you really want to silence a critic, give them the information that they want right off the bat. Well, let me tell you all the bad stuff I ever did. You're not going to tell that to him, are you? Well, then where Paul's showing us here, where are you going to go from there? I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just going to share with you my heart, but I'm also going to tell you where I have fallen along the way in hopes that maybe you'll be able to see me more human. And that's what Paul does to his audience. He's talking to them as a normal person. Have you ever, and I hope, I pray that, that we, we, this doesn't happen. But sometimes in the church, I've heard ministers get up and preach and teach, and they're so far up here with what they're talking about that I, I'm sitting there going, man, I, I don't have a clue. I, 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 I'm gonna have to, you know, I have had to set out with my, this has happened before. I went to a lectureship once, and I had my phone out, and I feel like I'm a pretty educated guy. And, I, I, you know, I'm an old country boy, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fairly educated, and I was sitting there with my, my phone open Googling words that I didn't know what it meant. They were, I, didn't, I didn't understand it. Now, Paul has that ability. He could talk on a high level with philosophers and, and great teachers. But Paul had a way of making himself to be human, making himself one of the people and sharing his own faults. One of the issues people have with the church today is we all want to pretend like we're so great and high and mighty and, and there's hypocrisy there because we're all sinners. And so that's a fault sometimes that we have. We admit that we're sinners. We admit that we need the grace of God. But we start to look at our life and say, what can I do to do better? I'm just going to tell people I'm just trying. I'm just trying to do my very best. That's why Paul will say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So he considers his past, but then he begins to consider his new life. He says, I have changed. I'm not, I don't hold all those things to account anymore. In fact, when we did our series in Acts, and we're now in, in Romans on Wednesday nights, I said one of the things I love about Paul is he says, you can take all my accolades and accomplishments and all my degrees and all this stuff, and you can pile it right over here in the trash heap. He says, I consider all the things I've ever done as rubbish. Now, that's a nice English word. Rubbish, it's garbage, it's trash. But that's not really the word that Paul wants to use. He's saying everything that I have ever accomplished, ever done, could be lining 
the, the sewage out here in the sewage plant. It, it is worthless. It is useless. It is nothing because all the things that I've ever done are things that I have done. They're not what I am, I'm going to do. And a lot of times we will put a lot of stock in the things we've done. We've, we used to do this and we used to do that. Well, today, what are we going to do? So he says, I'm going to take all my past stuff and push it aside and I'm going to start looking forward. And that's what we've got to do. Consider our goal he was very goal-oriented. His goal was eternal life. He says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his rising. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to grow in my walk. And this is coming from a man who, who ought to be teaching the church as if he's, he is very spiritual. And he could come off saying, well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm doing so good. And I, I've done this for the Lord. And I've done that for the Lord. And instead, he says, everything I've ever done, that's, that's in the past. Now I've got to start today reaching my goal of eternal life. We are a house not made with hands. We actually are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is working inside of us to do great things outside. He's using our mind. He's using our heart. And if we will let the Lord, he'll use our mouth to say the things that we ought to say. Now, if I want to know what God wants me to say, I've got to read his words right here, and those words will end up in my mouth. Those words are in my mind, they're in my heart, and they will come out of my mouth. If I want to speak good things, it starts here. Another thing here he mentions is about his example, which I said a moment ago, he, he talks about this in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 1. You, Paul's saying, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You know Why? Because Jesus is. Jesus is perfect. He lived the perfect life because he knew that we couldn't. We will try. We have really good days. In fact, I had about seven really good hours last night when I was asleep. We have moments where we don't sin. We have moments where we do good things, right? We have those times where we feel like, man, I've just done a lot of good stuff. I've done some good things. But you will never be perfect. You strive for perfection. That's the goal. And we're looking to Jesus. But Jesus was perfect. Jesus is the only one who was perfect. So it's okay that he takes us in our imperfection with our faults and failures. And he uses us anyway. That's the glory of grace. So then he also mentions his calling. You see, eternal life comes from what we're pressing towards eternal life is really a present possession. It's not that you're going to be saved. It's that you are saved as a Christian. But you're looking forward to the day, as we've sang so many songs this morning, to the time that I receive the crown. It's kind of like if you've ever been in a ball game before where you've been up by so many points and you, you just know you're going to win, but you don't want to become arrogant and you just kind of finish the game and it's so much better when you're winning, right? It's so much better when you're winning a game. I had a couple of baseball games like that this week. Everybody's having a good time. The kids were having a wonderful time. Went out to Waffle House afterwards, eating. Everybody's smiling. It feels good when you're winning, when you're ahead. When you're in a race and you're way out there in front, he says, I already know I'm going to win it. I already know the goal is mine. And then he brings in this final thought about our retirement plan, if you will. Keep reading there, beginning at verse 15. He says, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. 
And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have a pattern. For many walk, of whom I told you often, and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to His glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. We have an unbeatable retirement plan. Walking around the streets yesterday in Fairhope, uh, you know, walking with the dog, had a lot of people got to talk to. That's a great evangelistic tool, by the way. Gets a lot of conversation started. But I had this man come up to me, and he said, we've been coming down here to these for probably about six, seven years. Love it. Love coming. I said, that's great. I've been to a few myself. It's, it's wonderful. He said, our goal is to move down here. And I said, that's wonderful. You're going to move down. When are you planning on moving? He said, in about six months to a year. He said, we've got a plan. But he said, I've just got to make it six more months. And I thought, oh, my goodness. six more. I thought maybe he had some terminal illness or something like that. And he sounded so somber, you know. And he said, I've just got to make it six more months. And I said, what? Why is that? And he said, because that's when my retirement kicks in, you know. That's when I can retire. And some of us who have been there have counted the days. I've known teachers before that, that counted the school year, and then when they got to the school year, they counted the days of school to the last day. And people say, don't you want to just come back? I had a teacher one time down in Gulf Shores. I said, don't you, don't you, aren't you going to miss it? She said, oh, no. Oh, no, but you love children. You're so good. Oh, I know, I know, but I got a lot of things I want to do and getting up at 6 a.m. for a bunch of snotty-nosed kids. And I thought, wow, that's, and you're teaching our children. (laughs) She said, I am done. I am done. I am retired. And some of us have been there. We've counted the days to that moment when we finally get to say, I'm going to be my own boss or you're going to have a huge honeydew list, even bigger than before, right? We know that that day will come when we can retire, retire eternally. We have an unbeatable retirement plan, and it leads us to more spirituality. Have you ever noticed that the older we get, it's almost like we mature both physically but also spiritually? I have many people that I lean on, mentors, that are faithful Christians and have lived their life, and they have lived such a wonderful life, I want to gain wisdom from them. I want, I want you to share with me your thoughts. We have this great pattern, which again goes back to what Paul's already spoken of, that we, we are growing closer and closer to Christ because we're closer and closer to meeting Christ. We grow in our knowledge. We, we, we learn more how to walk. We learn more how to fight the Christian fight. We learn more about how to live. And as we grow in that faith and get closer to the Lord, we get more excited, at least we should, about who we're going to see and what we're going to do and what it's going to be like. Because as he closes here, he says, we're citizens of heaven. That's where we belong. Nathan was talking about going on those mission trips to Guyana. I've been on some of those overseas missions. And I have landed in Miami Airport. 
And I have felt that exact feeling, so glad to be home. If I could have kissed the runway, I would have. And there was a day finally when I said, I don't ever want to leave again. You feel like I don't ever want to leave. Some of us will feel that way when we cross the Alabama state line, right? We say, I want to get back home. I just want to get back home. Here we go. Every time we cross that Alabama, even though we're just going over to Florida, getting some groceries, coming back, the boys always honk that horn. Home sweet home. Home sweet Alabama home. I say, okay, I'll honk the horn. And I do that. We love to come home. And there's a day coming, one day, when we'll finally get to where we're supposed to be, our eternal rest. Thank you for tuning into today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus.